Hey guys, I'm here today to tell you about the amazing workout on demand that is the line by Katie Mullen. So basically, Katie has been an instructor for years. She does dance workouts. She does floor workouts. A lot of her classes are a combination and she just started her own company and her own on demand workouts. They are so fucking incredible. I'm not lying to you when I say she is part of the reason I'm still seeing during quarantine. Getting your dance on, especially when everything's closed, is just such a good feeling. And because we don't have in-person classes, you don't have to worry about anyone judging you. But if you are someone who likes people around, or at least virtually, she does have access for everyone who signs up to both her live stream classes and her past classes that are recorded. They're so great. They vary from like 10 minutes in time if you want to do a quick ab session to longer 30, 40 minute classes, even 50, I think. But basically, they're so amazing. Go check them out. And for my listeners, we have a special discount, which is 30% off your first month. And the regular pricing is $30 a month, which compared to normal gym memberships, this is like a fucking steal. Um, and it really promotes long lean lines. And Katie herself is just like goals, what I would love to look like, and just so encouraging and so upbeat and so fun. So go get your workout on with the line by Katie Mullen and use code WTFSUP to get 30% off your first month. There's also the first week free regardless, no commitments can cancel at any time. So the website, which I will also be posting on the episode description is sutrapro.com. So that's S-U-T-R-A-P-R-O.com slash Katie Mullen, K-A-T-I-E-M-U-L-L-E-N and code WTF SUP for 30% off your first month after seven days free. And now back to the episode. Hey guys, so today is January 20th, 2021, and we have a new president. Let's fucking go. Watched the inauguration this morning. It brightened my day in a way that was like, ugh. Just we all needed, you know, everything that Biden was saying about coming together and being the United States, being united, not being divided, not dragging each other down. Like, I just hope that from here we got a little break. He acknowledged everything going on from systemic racism to how fucking bad this pandemic is, which literally Trump just totally neglected, which was just totally unheard of for any president to do. But he's out, so goodbye, see you never. Hope you get arrested soon, that's all I have to say about that. Okay, moving on from politics. So guys, today I have an amazing episode for you. Um, It's with Paige Cole, reality star from season eight's Are You The One, which is the last season to air and the first season to feature an entirely queer cast. So for those of you that don't know, um, Are You The One is a dating reality TV show on MTV. And basically the whole premise is that these experts have determined pairs in the house who they deem to be perfect matches, aka like based on their dating history, their 
interests, et cetera, et cetera. So they have to figure out who everyone the house's perfect matches in order to win money at the end. And so this was the first season, not only to like explore like the sexuality component, but also like for the numbers and like game show aspect of it, it just made it way harder for them to win the money because everyone's a potential match for everyone. It was such an entertaining show to watch. I end up binging it in like under a week, I think. Um, It's on Amazon Prime for purchase and on MTV in some capacity, I'm sure. But yeah, guys, it's entertaining as hell. And Paige is so great and such a light in it. Um, She comes out on the show, which she talks about in the episode, and it's just so great. But up top, I just do want to say some things. There are some jokes that both of us make in this episode, and I just want to emphasize that they are jokes. Comedy is really hard in this current climate because everyone is very sensitive right now and for good reason. Like we're going through a traumatic year. You know, we're going through a pandemic. We're going through a lot of changes. And I totally understand that. And I just want to make it clear up top that especially when we're joking about things like bisexuality, Paige is bisexual. And uh, she even talks about how she's potentially exploring what pansexuality means to her. So we are here to promote openness and kindness and And even when we are making silly jokes, um, we are always coming from a good place. So I just really hope that everyone bears that in mind when listening. The first half is very silly. We drank Chardonnay and ended up having to re-record the second half, which gets a lot darker and more emotional because Paige opens up about her breakup. So for that bit on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, because this is also a comedy podcast that loves talking about mental health, I do want to give trigger warnings that there is some talk of emotional abuse getting into that and what that's like, but I think it could be very therapeutic for people who are either going through or have gone through it, or even people who haven't to, you know, no signs of it. And then trigger warning that there is some discussion of suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation. So I just do want to give a warning for that, even though it's brief, but it's an amazing episode. The first half is super light and ridiculous and very bounced out by the second half, which is much more deep and thoughtful. And I honestly can't wait for you guys to listen. And then last thing, I'm announcing What the Fuck's Up Wednesdays, which basically I've been doing these polls on my personal handle ckny1213 on instagram and they've been so fun and i figured i'd turn it into a way to get the listeners more engaged so basically i'm going to be doing polls and questions and reading emails that are all about like what the fuck people are up to so whether that's what you're watching what you're talking about like what celebrity gossip political stuff how you're feeling anything whatever the fuck you're up to what book you're reading your favorite workout i want to hear all about it and then and talk some about what people are talking about in the intro to the podcast every week. So I'm really excited to start that next week. And I can't wait to hear more from you guys and get you guys more involved in the podcast. And that's all I got. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about this episode if you love it, which I'm sure you will. And here's the episode. 
Okay, hello everyone and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I was just so loud. Oh my God, thank God for Paige because I just came in here. Well, she came in here and I had nothing set up basically. So we got to talk and I got to hear a lot of interesting stuff. We're filming on my phone. We're trying to fix our angles right now for the video. But you know what? I'm just going to look like I have no chin. So that's where we're at. Okay, first of all, Paige Cole. That's your real last name, right? Okay, this is Paige Cole that I have on. Right? Well, I don't know because you know when you have two first names and it like sounds so good that people are like, oh, is that a stage name? Oh my God, thanks. That's what it is. My entire life, I've known that my name was powerful. I mean, Paige Cole, that is the name of a star. Anyways, guys, hi. In the most humble way possible, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Paige Cole. So Paige Cole, 23? 23. 23. Mazel. When's your birthday? July 24th. Oh, right. You're a Leo. Duh. Summer birthday. Big Leo energy. Huge. Massive. Massive. Big clit energy, I also like to say. (laughs) I came up with that. Maybe someone else did too, but I like to think it was just me because I didn't hear anyone else say it. So I said that to Ashley too. Oh, for some background, I'm really doing a good job introducing you, aren't I? Okay. Paige was on Are You The One? Season 8. Never been done before. It was a queer season. Everyone was a potential match for everyone. Gay rights. Got Trump out of office, which we've already talked about. 808 did that, baby. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, I'm just counting down the days. I really, really can't wait. But yeah, so basically for a little background for the listeners, the amazing, iconic Ashley Gavin of We're Having Gay Sex. She was also a former guest of mine. I was like, I need to have someone on ASAP because basically December was so busy and I just had people back to back to back. And then I like chilled for a little bit because I had all these interviews ready to go. And then I was like, oh my God, I have no interviews. What do I do? I was like, I need to find people now. I was like, Ashley, who should I have on? Like, who's someone I would like? And she's like, you need to have this girl on she's a yes girl she's up for anything she's amazing not actually pimping me out like a little whore she does everything (laughs) full service (laughs) she's she says yes to every penis and vagina in the world yes to literally everything that's what bisexual is right you just say yes to everyone bisexual we just have yeah no boundaries no no boundaries never heard of them no No, i'm totally kidding i mean like yes man or yes woman in the way that like you just like are down like you're like yeah let's have a fun time and i love people like that because I like to think I'm like that too but I don't say yes to every penis or vagina out there yeah you can't there's scary ones as we've learned so should we get right into it where do you want to start where should we start Um, for those who don't know are you the one is on MTV it's amazing I bought it on Amazon and it was worth it and I have to say I was like going in I was like MTV dating show is like I feel like it's gonna be like "Eh." yeah that I mean that's pretty much what I thought it's actually so good and it like I loved the way sexuality was treated on the show because obviously it was like main character energy like it was the whole point like you could all end up with each other which made it more confusing and harder for you guys to find out who's a perfect match etc but at the same time like because it was like this utopia where everyone was like into everyone or could potentially be sexuality didn't like it didn't feel like it was like forced you know like it felt like everyone was just kind of like yeah I could be into you if I like you as a person like you guys were breaking barriers by in some ways just like not even acknowledging them because you just go in with the assumption every Everyone's like open 
in the same way, you know? I was very impressed. Get cozy. I like your Reeboks. Oh, so it was so funny because you came <laughs> and you look great. Like you have your perfect like quarantine outfit. Your tattoos are fire. She is all green everything. But then my dog Delilah like literally tried to climb you like a tree. Absolutely. It was big top energy, I believe you said. I don't even know. Because at first I was like, oh, she senses my top energy. But she was trying to top me. So She definitely, she's she's like head bitch in charge. Yeah, she knew I'm, she knew that I've exclusively like almost been a bottom my entire life. So. one <laughs> is the year of the switch. However, I got my uh, first strap in the mail. Baby's first strap. Oh my God, muzzle. It's mage. It's it, it was a little intimidating at first because my my cock is so gorgeous. Like <laughs> Wait, what color is she? Pitch black. <laughs> you have a big black cock, is what it's you're like, telling me. It like curves up. It's like the color of the sexiest night sky you've ever seen. I'm honestly like I'm at a loss for words, which doesn't have to be a lot. That is so gorgeous. I've always thought about like getting a strap on just for fun. Like, there's something really fun about the idea of, like, fucking someone. Yeah. Just because it's, like, powerful. I, there's... I love topping men. Um, I I wish I could, like, trigger warning graphic. I don't know. Even though this isn't, like, a video. I wish I could, like, slice my arm open and connect a nerve to my dick so that, like, I could feel what men feel. You know? I see. I see what you're saying. You, like, you want, like, you don't want a dick, but you want, like... I wish I knew like if I was a boy even just for a day like it's obviously going in and out I don't feel it you know but like I feel powerful I mean yeah half of sex in my opinion because I'm just such a giver um is like turning the other person on you know like that's half the satisfaction Mm -hmm. so you get to do that even though you don't like feel it but yeah it sucks that you don't like feel it Mm -hmm. but at least she's gorgeous Black like the midnight sky. The midnight, the sexiest <laughs> midnight sky you've ever seen. Okay, so I want to hear, just to start out, because obviously the fans are listening. They did slide in. So I posted, like, questions for you. And, oh, I got some questions. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you for submitting questions. Oh. If you did, y'all are so sweet. Oh, my ostriches <laughs> see it's funny because i say y'all and i'm from new york so i have no fucking right you're also i didn't say you're from allen texas. Texas. texas the fact that i remember allen oh, i do my homework y'all <laughs> a up oh and also you know she's from texas if you didn't already because she sends exclusively the emoji with the cowboy hat <gasps> Okay, I do. That's like my thing now. I love it. I'd never seen it before. God, that just made my night. Like, we could end the podcast here. You guys, big dick energy. I only, like, I use the emoji, the smiley with the cowboy hat. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. So what was it like? Let's start from, let's start from the very beginning. Scratch frame. You're probably wondering how I ended up here. Ended up where? Where are we going? That was amazing. So you grew up in Allen, Texas. I'm assuming that's a small town, even though I keep saying the name. I've not heard of it before. Where is it? Like, which big city is it nearest to? Dallas. It's about 30 minutes north of Dallas. So growing up, you've kind of, you talk about a little bit on the show, or at least it says like in your bio and stuff. And we talked a little about it. Your family was like pretty conservative, it seems, or at least Christian. 
Yeah, I grew up Catholic. Same, but like not actually. Like I grew up like New York City Catholic, which is like I went to church when my mom felt guilty. Oh my God, the Catholic guilt. The Catholic guilt is fucking real. Um, uh, yeah, so I grew up Catholic. Wonderful upbringing. Love my family. Grew up very religious. I grew up playing volleyball my entire life. Oh yeah, if you guys don't know, um, Paige is tall. That was a subtweet. That was a subtweet. Um... <laughs> I think you know who you are if you're listening, and I'm coming for you. Not listening. Not listening. You know she's not. She's definitely not. She's like too obsessed with herself. Anyways, Nor, <laughs> such a dick. I don't even know her. Nor is the worst. If you watch, you all need. To, I just want you to know where this is me talking, where saying she's, she's coming from right now. She just watched the show. This is all fresh beef to her. This is such fresh beef yeah, to me. So- like the fact that she called you a giraffe. What? <laughs> what come for me come for me i was so annoyed but basically i'm making the volleyball joke because everyone knows tall girls play volleyball but also you're like when i met Paige when she came in i was expecting her to be like 10 feet tall like like i have friends like my friend sadie shout out sadie she's six feet tall you're not you're like five eight 11 5 8 that's insane you look 5 8 she is smaller girl energy. literally kim you're literally you're being so rude right now you don't even understand oh my god you're being so rude right now um, 5 11 <laughs> okay that's tall i take it back i take everything back what part of you look short i don't know you didn't look that's that tall my forehead <laughs> that was rude to your forehead please apologize okay anyways so back to that you were playing volleyball you your family seems like pretty supportive though yeah yeah I like have the I was dealt a very lucky card I have the literal best family ever but yeah I played volleyball my entire life that doesn't really cultivate an environment of like yay lesbians really I feel like volleyball is a little lesbian (laughs) everybody's like wearing spandex whatever but like It was like a, I remembered having conversations in the locker room of like, oh my God, could you imagine how weird that would be if we had a lesbian on the team? Like everybody's in spandex all the time. Okay. Can we break this down for a second? Nothing is more dumb to me. It takes a whole level of stupid to assume that if someone's into gender, they'd be into you. Like, I'm sorry. If you're straight, are you into every guy you've ever met? No, I mean, like, I, will, I will not lie. Obviously, at that yeah. time, I was definitely not sure of my sexuality. And I hadn't even begun to dissect it because I was still, like, super religious at the time. And so I definitely, like, partook in those conversations. But, I, yeah, like, not all bisexuals, not all lesbians are into every single woman they see. If y'all didn't know that already, yeah, so funny to me. It's the same thing. So before we started, we were talking about, like, the audacity of, like, men uh, just have so much confidence. The one thing they have, it's audacity. The audacity. But basically, we were talking about that, and it's like the same thing for people who are uneducated enough to think that any person who likes the same sex is going to automatically like see you naked and be like so turned on. It's like, yeah. that's not how life works. Also, like with volleyball, like at the end of the season, you end up pretty much hating most of your team. So, like, I'm like, no, bitch, <laughs> I don't fucking like you. You piss me off. But. I mean, I mean, now I think back in it, there was definitely like, I think two girls that I like totally had a crush on, but I didn't realize it was a crush because it didn't seem like a possibility. It just wasn't a thought in my mind. I think that especially in the city I grew up in, bisexuality didn't really exist. You were either straight or gay. Yeah, I never it's like really... black and white. Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't, it didn't occur to me that like it was okay to like both because I also like, you know, with my lack of education and experience and like being really religious I was definitely involved in conversations where it was like oh like you know 
bisexual women weren't really discussed, but bisexual men were, and they were discussed under the context of like, oh, bisexual men don't exist. They're all just gay, you know? Yeah, that's such a narrative. It's so crazy. I remember having conversations like that too. I think that's like an actually like, I mean, I grew up in New York City and it was pretty liberal and like pretty like forward thinking in a lot of ways, but obviously like you think in the last like 10 years, like even watching the first season of Are You The One, they were saying some things. I was like, you can't say that anymore. And that was filmed in like 2014. It's crazy how quickly things change and like mm-hmm. I feel like especially in 2020 like people got a lot more woke about like a lot of things oh yeah I'm also bisexual oh do we I, I think I don't remember but anyways yeah I'm bi I think um if people don't know that by now like deductive oh, reasoning okay. so. you might have like <laughs> listeners who are more familiar with you and not me fair this uh, is fair to all of those who I'm just now meeting everyone signed her dms <laughs> don't <laughs> I am so closed off to dating right now. I want nothing to do with it. I am so romantically like traumatized and I don't know when I'm going to be ready to date again. It could be this year. It could be four years from now. If you want me to catch feelings for you, you're literally going to catch my hands before that because (laughs) I'm so dead with your witty little quips. You've been on TV. Well, actually I was kind of, I wasn't boring, but like I'm definitely funnier now that I had such a traumatic last year. <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. Trauma gives you like all comedians have trauma. I swear to God. Yeah. You were like you were so sweet then. You were like this guy was like mean to me about like I I'm joking about this because I've been through the same thing. Like until my most recent ex, like I would have guys who were like you know guys like they still sucked in certain ways or did like annoying shit because they're men and that's how they work. Sexual. <laughs> Yeah, I say all the time, I'm like, if I could just be like a hot lesbian, like life would be easier, just so much easier. I don't, I don't hate being bisexual. It's a joke. It's a Lots fucking joke. Jokes. Um, yeah, I mean, you, nowadays, do jokes even exist? I don't know. Are we allowed joke? Me, like, hating, it's just proof that, like, it's not a choice because if I had to choose, I would not want to be into men. I say that all the time. Well, actually, no. Now that I'm thinking about it and I have a little wine going through, there's. there's <laughs> we were drinking a Chardonnay. Things. Yeah, it's called What the Fuck's Up Pod. Yes. There's, okay. I. She gets quiet and sweet. <laughs> well, it's because what I'm about to say is not. I hope that nobody in my family is listening to this. And if you are, skip maybe forward. skip this part, like, yeah, skip, like 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Um, no, I couldn't. You're right. I do need to be bisexual and I love it because there's just nothing like good, warm, throbbing cock. <laughs> yes! I know. I feel the same way. God. I so. I recently, I guess I'm like kind of like not coming out, coming out. I like, I don't know if I define my sexuality because I think I'm like mostly straight, Mm -hmm. but I'm also someone who just like loves people and loves making out. (laughs) So I was like, so I recently hooked up with my friend and it was great. And we had a great time and she's like a beautiful, amazing person. We're best Mm -hmm. friends, but I did like fall asleep thinking about dick. Which was sad. You hate to see that. I feel like curiosity is a good thing. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think every person's different. But I feel like for me to put a label on it seems just kind of unnecessary at this point. Yeah, I mean, well, also like in just general statement here bisexuality is not people who like 50% men 50% like totally it's definitely like all sexuality is a spectrum right and like like there are some days where I'm totally like leaning more towards men and there are some days where I'm totally leaning more towards women also like I feel like it's such a confusing term because 
people have asked me like, okay, well, if you say you're bisexual, does that mean that you're only into men and women? Are you not into like non-binary people? Like whatever. And like, I think that there's, I myself, honestly, I'm still kind of dissecting and exploring what being pansexual also means to me because I'm like literally into everybody, like anybody, all, all genders, all non-genders, like anybody, but I still see my, I don't know if I can call myself, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm in, I don't know. You're like, I already did bi. Why do I have to do pan? Well, it's, I feel like also sexuality is such a journey. And it is. we, you can't like really put yourself in a box. Like I might be bisexual a year ago, but you know, two years from now I could identify as pansexual or, you know, seven years from now I could just totally identify as a lesbian. Like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's so true. Well, that's it's why, so fluid. I mean, I feel like, I guess it depends because there are some people who like labeling for them really helps them in their journey. Like, yeah. especially if you're like trans, like you need need to put like Whatever something on that you. yeah or to an extent you know yeah. but but a lot of labeling I feel is like a pressure from the outside mm-hmm. not all of it because for some people it's very you know helpful and therapeutic obviously so I'm not shaming that but like I see it as like oh let's like put you in a box and my whole personality is like don't put me in a fucking box also mm-hmm. I want to share with you a theory I've had my entire life so now I have to say on my podcast I don't know if it's like PC but I'm gonna do it anyways because fuck it I have this theory and I've always had it like since I was younger mm-hmm. like in high school I think all people who kind of know they're hot right have some level of bisexual interest like the hottest guys I know have secretly or not secretly slept with other guys and you know why it's because they like the chase period and they like what they can't have period so if something if they're told something's off limits they're like no no I'm so hot that everything's on limits like people who truly have that level of like hot energy they tend to be like at least kind of bisexual to some extent on the spectrum the future is sexually fluid like the future is sexually yeah, fluid we yeah. see it on TikTok it's actually really beautiful I think it's so beautiful. I think that in all seriousness, there's just so much more fun to be had. Sexually. (laughs) Yeah, I, God, I love watching men suck dick. (laughs) Really? Okay, this is actually so interesting. (laughs) I've never seen it, but. but So major. Give this guy props because I don't like him. Who? Is it someone we know? Is it Remy? He can suck a dick. Okay. This is the one good redeemable quality about him. And if you're listening to this, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, okay. And I think that relationship served many purposes. And I think that eventually I'm going to get to a place where I'm just not monogamous. Um, but I was in that relationship. However, there were nights where I was like a little kooky, a little not sober. And God, I just love, I loved watching him suck a dick. And he, he, uh, he does a good job. I'll tell you that. I learned a lot from him. I went into that relationship sucking dick like a straight girl. He has a body count, as he's proudly said. On the on the show. On the show, he's... Yes. You know, he's very proud of his sexual experience. <laughs> I guess is a good way to put it. Shall we say? Yeah. Um, and you know what? With that much experience, you better be fucking good at what you're doing. Um, what are you doing it's like a shot in the dark if you're not good at sex and you've had a lot of sex it's like you know what it is it's like the that book that's like it's like some amount of hours do you know what I'm talking about where it's like thought so I about my entire life I wasn't I mean I'm good I'm a good fucking player Um, I'm sure you are but I'm also not the best like I definitely was like D1 but like I played volleyball my entire life and it still wasn't the best so that being said I guess you can't really expect somebody who's had a lot of sex to be the best that was 
so sneaky. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Like, was the sex actually that fucking mind-blowing? Or was it just the only thing that you were getting that made you feel loved and appreciated? Anyways, neither, to say. neither here nor there. Uh, what I was really saying was I ha- I will shout him out on this because he deserves it. He can suck it up. Oh, my God. It was like, the it was art. It was art. I went into the relationship sucking dick like a straight girl. And I, I don't know. <laughs> we go through things. But, like, now I'm sucking dick like a straight guy. I know. I'm not a straight guy. Jesus. Oh, that was... <laughs> I've had you're sucking she's sucking dick like a straight guy who's never done she's sucking dick like a gay man Yes, um, and I and gay men, you know they're good at sucking dick. Well, not all are great, but like a Remy, lot of them. Remy, I mean, it's like he does. His throat has no walls, no boundaries. I have the same thing. Wait, I'm gonna get into my sex life more than I ever have. This we're just going for it. We've had some wine. Podcast is called What the Fuck. Okay, so this is a story. Um, mom and dad, if you're listening to this episode, I give you permission to turn it off. I'm um, so sorry, mom and dad. I don't mean to make a bad impression. We're good kids. We're just like open sex. I'm talking to your mom and dad. Not all of our friends are like me. I'm talking to your mom and dad. I'm not. I'm not. Like, I promise she's pure. She's wholesome. I. My parents already know that's not true. So now they're not going to believe you. But I'm a good person. I'm a good person, but I'm also. Good sex does not make you a bad person. It doesn't. Being comfortable talking about your sex life does not make you a bad person. Yes. And that's something that I've like become way more comfortable with. I feel like this past year. But anyways, like so when I put out the Dylan episode with my friend Dylan Palladino, he's like a longtime podcaster comedian. And he just brought up like because we had hooked up. So he brought up like sex stuff and we really got into it. And I was so comfortable talking about. But then when I put the episode out, I got like these nerves I'd never had since like the beginning the podcasting of putting an episode out and then nothing changed and it actually had such good feedback so I think people like especially in you know 2020 2021 like people really want to hear about it they want to be open about they want to embrace it so fuck it we're doing it live sex is not necessarily something to be ashamed about everybody for the most part does it everybody has it it's a very like western religious thing and that's really why sex has been such a taboo topic for forever up until now and I think that it's I was thinking about this the other day because I'm like why have I my entire life been so ashamed to talk about my sex life everybody has sex like it's like literally like like animals I mean my dog tried to hump you your dog literally like had she did hump you but yeah I I think that sex is such a normal thing and I think that the more conversation you have about it the less stigma there is so therefore you know we have better sexual health because we're talking about it and we're not ashamed to talk about it you know more people are going to get tested because it's not such a oh my god I have to go get tested because I'm having sex like like I'm scared we're all having sex get tested talk about it and if you don't want to talk about it don't talk about it but like don't talk it about shouldn't be a, a weird thing to talk about that was beautiful thank you i'm, I'm clapping autographs anyways yes i totally agree with you i think talking i mean that's part of the reason i started the podcast like i love just talking about things that everyone like feels or thinks about but doesn't necessarily say because i'm like i lost my dignity a minute ago so like i might as well talk about all my shit i don't know if i clarified this with my uh mistake i suck dick like a gay man now not a straight one straight men don't know what the fuck they're doing a lot of the time with the the vagina as well 
but it's fine guys okay so we were talking about sex something i was gonna say is i think a lot of like western culture religious etc stuff about like making sex taboo if you think about it if you break it down and i'm also just such a like fucking crazy feminist i burned my bra just kidding i didn't but i really think a lot of it is about subjugating women like if you think about it because think about like even us growing up and obviously it's getting a little better but it's still not perfect but like guys would be like been jerking off since i was like five and i watch porn and whatever and women are like oh my god like i remember i actually have a story this is crazy fun facts about my sex life again mom and dad you can turn it off <laughs> please turn it off but um i started like masturbating when i was way younger and i thought i discovered it I thought there was like this horrible secret that I had. I thought I was going to break my vagina at points. Like I was like, cause I was like a horny little fuck. So I would do it, do the thing. But I was like, I can't tell any of my girlfriends. And it's so funny. Cause I went to like this very feminist all girls school. We were very like forward thinking, but even to my like senior year, I was like, we don't talk about this. We talk about like all the guys we hook up with, how like yeah. we hold them accountable, like all this stuff. But that for some reason still felt off limits, which just says so much. If you think about like, we're reading feminist theory but I still am scared to say like oh by the way I masturbate like that still feels too much it doesn't surprise me I mean we've lived in a very patriarchal world for forever our, our lives so of course women's pleasure and conversations about women's pleasure are not being had they aren't are, now they are thank god they are but like I'm like yeah thinking back on it it makes sense as to why like you know talking about masturbation especially for women is like it's so normal for guys but for women but that's why I think like even watching this is like a random pop culture reference but watching like Bridgerton mm -hmm. I thought the way they broke it down was actually really like nuanced and interesting I haven't seen it you should watch it it's really good and the guy's really fucking hot anyways I'm not gonna give stuff away but the girl doesn't know anything about sex and the whole premise of it which is very believable mm -hmm is they're in like old like London society and they're like having the girls like do their debutante essentially it wasn't called debutante but like coming out parties where they're going to be set up and someone's going to propose and all the men have already had sex and the women don't know anything about sex and it's like a huge theme of the show and it's so real fast forward to my own story and back to my own story so then I go to college and I was on this thing called Pee Wild. So it was a camping trip before school started. It was a week and you got to know everyone, whatever. We did like eight to 10 mile hikes a day and then like would set up camp. The point is one day we're hiking and we're talking and my counselor at the time, and they're only like two years older. There are other, you know, students. It's a student organization. Katie, we were walking and she was like, so when did you guys start masturbating? Like it was something random. Like we were talking about sex and she just asked that. And all the girls and I were like, mm -hmm, what? And like, I was just such a liar. I was like such a little fucking liar because I was so repressed and scared about that. And she looks us dead ass in the eyes. She goes, ladies, she's like, what you were queen? in such a queen. She's like, you were in high school. You're in college now. We don't as women who are like empowered and cool. We don't pretend we didn't masturbate when we did. I go, and I literally, I don't remember what I said exactly. I don't remember if I said then or if I said later, but I'm pretty sure I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow. 
I was like, fair. And that just changed everything for me. Like, it was actually something I think about a lot because it was like, oh my God, you're so right. Why are we like lying about this? It's so stupid. Like, are we scared men are going to judge us? I'm, I, when I started masturbating, I think it was like 15 and I had so mm-hmm. much Catholic guilt. It was unbelievable. So it happened, I think the first time I was in the shower and I like discovered how the water felt on my clit and I was like, I mean, oh. I was, I took baths for a reason for a while. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So like, that's where it started. However, I think that manifesting is a very real thing. And I thought it is because I was sinning and like doing something so bad. There was a period of time from me being 15 all the way up to like, literally, I'm not even kidding you being 21 years old. Every time I masturbated, I had convinced myself that because I was doing something so wrong and sinful that something bad would happen that day. And I'm not even kidding you. Wait, and it did every single time without fail. It's like the same thing as like a placebo effect. Like the power of the mind is insane, which is why like people can make fun of like manifest fasting and you know whatever the fuck till the cows come home the human mind scientifically proven has so much power like the way energy and it's like literally scientifically proven and it's it's actually stupid to me when people deny energy and stuff like that because i'm like have you never walked into a room with bad energy facts yeah and i it wasn't until i started unraveling honestly i was religious going into filming um when we were filming oh, I, you came out filming yeah okay yeah so that was how i came that's out. important yeah i came out on the show it was a really huge deal for me and i'm so happy that i did it that way but i remember being so nervous of course that takes balls yeah it was very like leo of me uh, you're like okay i'm coming out so get it on camera everybody yeah, literally uh, don't make me dance don't make me sing <laughs> i remembered being around this like big round table and we were all talking and i was like <gasps> i got the mic and i was like this is where i do it because so they had us doing like pre-show confessional stuff the yeah. day before like we actually filmed so i was still like I hate the word. I was still, I was in quarantined. I had not seen a single cast member. I didn't know who all was going to be. I didn't know anything about anything. They kept us like in total isolation. For, for how long? So for me, it was, I think like four days, three and a half to four days. Um, I Which is like nothing now, but then Whoa, seems like okay. a lot. So it was four days of full days of being in a hotel room all by myself in Hawaii. No phone. Okay. No phone's different. Yeah. No phone in this tiny hotel room. The only human interaction, interaction I had was with the PA whenever they brought me food. And then the 30 minutes that they let me go to a supervised workout in the gym so I never yeah that's intense yeah I was not seeing anybody but yeah so I remembered you know doing the confessionals and being like this is how I'm coming out to everybody and I was like oh my god like I kind of just came out to all the producers I know that I was also like very much casted because I was the only person coming out I mean that was how I pitched myself when I applied for the show I was like yeah let's hear about that what was that process like how did you even find out about it how'd they find out about you I found out from um I was at a like rooftop party and I met somebody else who had been on a different season and he was like yo you should apply are you sexually fluid and even at that time I hadn't really come to terms with it myself so I was like yeah like I can be but like you're like maybe (laughs) I'm like girl you're gay like um but so yeah I I was like you know what this would be a very cool way to come out and like I do you know like think that people who are straight and wait until marriage still know that they're straight same thing you don't have to necessarily have a sexual experience with the same sex to know that you're like gay or bisexual or whatever you know definitely I was having like you know I was trying to dissect that does you know what cool I'm going to apply and like this is how I'm going to come out if I get it I get it if I don't I don't and so yeah I applied for the show and I told them like raised Catholic played volleyball my entire life I'm a triplet they didn't talk about you being a triplet at all which is 
fine. I mean, it's not really. It's just like it's cool. Thanks. I mean, yeah. I think I think it's cool. It's also like super normal to me because it's all I've ever known. I'm like I've always been a triplet. Too shy. Yeah, I think it's weird that people like came out of the womb alone. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Hey guys, we're back. Um, I don't know if you could tell we were getting a little drunk. <laughs> I don't know how you say uh, Chardonnay. So we basically ended up, for a little backstory, a little behind the curtains, as Paige was saying before we started this, we were going to get dinner and have like one drink during the podcast. It turned into a full on drunk dinner, just drink, no dinner, just drink session. So it basically, we we decided like, unless you want to pay for a Patreon or something, we decided we'd spare you the drunk combo. That is Don't worry, it's never coming out. It's never going to see the live day, y'all. But yeah, we um, both forgot to take our ADD meds that I'm not prescribed, but you know, listening back, maybe yeah, I no should thoughts, be. head empty, no Adderall, just scatterbrain. <laughs> you know? It was great. It was great energy, but I wanted to give you guys something a little more focused. So we're back and we are going to circle back to the point of Paige talking about the fact that she casually dropped, um, that she was bisexual and coming out on air on a live or not uh-huh. live, but you know, on a television show on a fucking reality TV show. What was that yeah. moment? Like, yeah, drama. Oh my gosh, it was. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I like honestly hadn't even put that much thought into actually coming out and like planning the exact moment until we were in the kitchen and everybody's kind of introducing themselves around the round table. Uh And it came up to me and I was like, oh my god, this is this is where I do it, huh? (laughs) Like, this is where I do that. This is my time. Yeah. And I had like obviously discussed, you know, that I was going to come out on the show with the producers beforehand. So it was kind of like, yeah. I came out to them before it was like pre-cum. Um, yeah. And then, Did you say pre-cum? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How, that, that was weird. I don't know why I described it. I loved that. it. No, we've been talking about sex the whole podcast so far. So yeah. And yeah. Um, then I was like, we're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to, okay. So I remember when I came out, everybody was so loud and so supportive and like gagged and geeked and I was like oh my god it was just really cool to be able to do that in such a supportive environment and yeah yeah, I hadn't come out to anybody in my family yet I was waiting until after filming to tell them just because there's no like contact when you're filming and so I didn't so it literally you waited until after but before it aired I mean I told my parents they knew that they weren't gonna be able to talk to me for a month yeah so I was like okay I'm just gonna ignorance is bliss here and then (laughs) (laughs) that is a ballsy move oh my god oh yeah so the cast yeah mtv world were the they were the first people to know wow you came out to producers before your family yeah and then it was kind of like coming out a second time when the first episode aired because then the country got to see it and then i got a crazy amount of wonderful dms from someone yeah. like, oh my God, like, wow, congrats. And just so much love on social media. So it was kind of like I got to come out twice. It was really cool. Five stars. I already knew it was brave and ballsy, but that adds like a whole other level. And I love that you're just like, mom, dad, like, I don't want your input until after I've already oh, done this. Yeah. Okay. And then quickly before we get into core life qualms, you did talk about like getting flooded with DMs and yeah. getting all this positive feedback. I know that from when we were talking last and just like having talked to you since that you are like this wonderful, thoughtful person. How is it ever stressful or like, what's it like 
being now this person in the queer community that is held to this standard because you know you are someone who's in the public eye who is like a role model in some ways now like people are looking to you you know they're sliding into your dms and not just to have sex with you despite what i was talking about yeah 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 so what's that been like it's it's kind of tough because i'm i think a lot to the point of almost overthinking and you know i don't want to yes yeah, I, feel I don't like. want to put myself like I don't want to create such a large gap in between me and my following that like puts mm-hmm. me on this platform that I don't really think I should be put on like I want to kind of be a real person to it's like I even say it feels weird to me like to say my fans because I yeah want to, like, I totally get that. separate myself from them I want us to be homies and like um, and so I kind of you know I, I'm trying to figure out a balance but like I can't respond to everybody and mm-hmm. It's like tough because I, you know, I like feel bad because I'm like, oh my god, if I don't respond to everybody, like people make their feelings hurt. But also, like sometimes they're like way too creepy and like, or like <laughs> not okay. even creepy, but like I get a yeah. lot of people who do hit on me, and I know it's genuine. But like, I, I like, I, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really inspiring and like humbling to see that so many people see me, and I get yeah. a lot of really incredible DMs of people saying like, just my story of growing up religious and the way mm-hmm. that I was on the show and who I am on social media now, especially with like talking about my experience after the show, a lot of people have DM'd me saying that I've helped them like so much and they'll tell me stories about how they've, how I've helped them. And so that part's been like really, really incredible because that's kind of like why I'm so transparent with my journey on social media um, is because I really want, I I know that there's so many people who have gone through what I have gone through and am going through. And so I just want to like provide solidarity, but also it's very comforting when I know that like at least one person is being helped or just finding light in my story. So it's awesome. I mean, I get like a few hateful DMs. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all though? Like that's Yeah. I, I totally get that feeling. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not near your following, but even just having, it's like, you want to take the responsibility seriously, but you also don't want to, you know, act like you're above anyone. But I don't want to like not respond to people because uh, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not famous yet. But like, <laughs> you are, you're you're an MTV celeb. I'm on my way. My platform's <laughs> growing. I'm manifesting. However, <laughs> yes. like, I never want there to be such a gap to where like if you're looking up to somebody, that means you're mm-hmm. you're considering yourself beneath somebody, and I don't want to make people feel less than by being yeah. inspired by me. So I'm trying to figure out, especially as my platform grows, just to like be inspiring, but not like in a way that's like a uh, dictatorship, if that makes sense. Like all of you follow me, you know, more of like, hey, we're kind of on this journey together. And, you know, I get to be a voice for all of these people. And yeah, I just... uh. I get it. You're, we're very similar in overthinking things. Mm -hmm. So... I love that. I think that's something that people are responding to about you though, is that you are very authentic and genuine and compassionate and you definitely want to do the best thing. And, you know, I haven't been following you for too long, but from everything I've seen, it seems like you're doing a great job. So I would say don't overthink it. Just, I know. Well, I'm also like, you're doing great, sweetie. I know I have to tell my followers, I'm like, don't put me on a pedestal because I will disappoint you. Like I'm cute. (laughs) And whatever, like, picture y'all have of me I'm not going to be that picture all the time yeah I wouldn't even be that that just might be like what you know 
from the show and this is how you think I am. Mm -hmm. And like, when I'm not like that, people are like, oh, you stupid bitch. And I'm like, (laughs) no, I'm just a human. Like, this is crazy. Well, let's get into it with quarter life qualms because we were talking about earlier or uh, last time with our Chardonnay, how this past year has been, I want to hear it in your own words, but Mm -hmm. a tough one because, you know, you met someone for those who watch. I'm sure you want to hear about it. She met Remy on the show. They dated. There's a breakup. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to give you it, but. For Quarter Life Qualms, the question is, have you ever, like, the first question I always do is, have you ever had a Quarter Life crisis or a moment where you felt like you doubted your path? And it seems like, in a way, like, that that relationship and that breakup, you know, shook your life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear about it. Let's hear about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My Quarter Life Qualmer was like, well, who am I? What am I doing? What is my purpose? What the fuck is happening? happened when the relationship started to get rocky um yeah yeah, so it definitely started during the breakup um, a little bit before that but really is when it hit me um I really lost my identity in that relationship because admittedly I became very codependent and I had also never like I had been emotionally abused before by some people but not yeah I, I this is my first like real relationship and I, I haven't even really spoken it, about it in regards to, like, him. Um, but it was a very abusive relationship. And I want to clarify, it wasn't physical. It was emotional and verbal. But coming out of that and kind of, like, having these goggles ripped off, it's like I, I couldn't even see clearly. Um, yeah. I had no concept of my identity. I had no concept of real life because everything that I thought I knew was being uprooted and this person I thought I was dating ended up not being that person at all. And the relationship ended up not being what I thought it was at all. Like everything that I thought I knew (laughs) was completely warped. And so, yeah, I had a moment where I was really, and I was also, you know, within recovering from psychological abuse, you lose trust in yourself as well. So at that point I was like, I don't trust my judgment. I have no idea what I'm looking at right now. I don't recognize myself in the mirror. Like every, I mean, my entire life for like a year was just a fucking lie. And so all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like where do we go from here? If I can't even make the right decision there. I think emotional abuse is so important to talk about because, you know, it's not something you can see. It's not something you can always point to very easily. It's, it's done over time and it's sneaky and and it's not always intentional. Yeah. He doesn't have the perspective that he was abusive. I don't think, even though I've told him and listed out the door. <laughs> um, but also yeah. it's like, this is my first time really talking about it. Cause I'm honestly scared of him. And I'm scared of who he knows. And I'm scared of mm-hmm. his influence. And like, it's like fucked because this is why people don't speak out about abuse, honestly. And I don't want this to like ruin his life because I'm like speaking out against it, you know, but like, this is a part of my story. And it's a very massive part of my story. It's the reason why I am who I am right now. Yes. That's what's important to me, like, about you talking about this. And thank you for sharing it. I'm terrified about this, but yes. Don't (laughs) be terrified. I mean, this is the thing. It's emotional abuse. As you said, it's, it's unclear based on his personality type if he's 
aware of what he was doing. But the point is for people who are less aware with of less aware of emotional abuse and like how it happens. I've also experienced emotional abuse, which is why we ended up having our, you know, heart to heart. We were just drinking. (laughs) (laughs) But really like what it comes from is, you know, taking someone who's maybe not totally sure of themselves, especially someone who's younger or you were, you know, much younger than him. 21. You're a baby. And you know, you still are a baby but you know it's your first big relationship but they take people who are vulnerable in some way Mm -hmm. um whether that's like being insecure not loving yourself enough and they start out by kind of praising these things but it ends up being and this isn't every emotional abuse it's not all the same but a lot of it ends up you know Mm -hmm. in cheating in Mm -hmm. gaslighting in using things that you told them in confidence that were very um weaponizing emotional to you Mm -hmm. and weaponizing against you and so I really just like think it's actually so important for you to be speaking out about because at the end of the day it's not just about Remy or about you you know trying to vilify him it's about the message that this is something that women go through and that it's, yeah. you know, it's not okay. And and that non-gender conforming people go through, that men go through, everyone, but especially women, I find, you yeah. know, like other women I've talked to um, yeah. have gone through this and it really does strip you of your sense of identity. So we had similar things. I know you were saying when we last spoke that you haven't dated in, the, you know, a year, right? Uh, oh my God, yeah. I've not wanted anything to do with it because I've just been really unraveling yeah everything and there's something that I you know that that I don't feel like is talked about enough that I hadn't even realized until I saw like an Instagram post about it from someone I follow um talking about how what happens to abuse victims towards the end of that relationship and it's called reactive abuse and when I read about it I was blown away because towards the end of everything when the breakup was happening which the breakup itself lasted like three fucking months it was crazy just because I kept finding things out um but I started to get really out of character because I was abused and like pushed to such a space that was not me I started to say things that were very disgusting and like I became like manipulative within my like discussions after the breakup it's called reactive abuse you know like I myself am not an abuser but I Mm -hmm. was at that point reacting to the abuse with abuse and it wouldn't happen had I not been like put in that point in that space but like you know that's something that like is important to kind of hold yourself accountable for because not everybody's perfect and like with that I was a little bit manipulative towards the end which I hated admitting and that was something that I had to like figure out in therapy because you get beat down to a point where you're like oh my god I feel so fucking crazy right now like I'm so yeah. angry I'm so heartbroken I want this person to feel the pain that they put me through that they're I putting on me yeah. to feel this pain because it's like that you also get mad that they don't you just get mad that they don't like they don't give a fuck about you they don't give a fuck about the pain that they've caused you and so then enter reactive abuse when you're like yeah. what do I what can I say to make them feel what they like have done they've done to me yeah. yeah it's such a real phenomenon and honestly until you and I were talking about it like I knew that I was acting ways I hadn't in other relationships but I never yeah. had you know a term for it so I think this is actually like so enlightening for me for all the listeners to hear about like if this is something you've gone through because I think it's 
especially with people who have, you know, narcissistic tendencies or Mm -hmm. who are, (laughs) or who are kind of, you know, manipulating you, cheating on you, gaslighting you, treating you in these emotionally abusive ways. I think part of why the reactionary abuse happens from the person who's the victim of that kind of emotional abuse, or at least in my personal experience, I found that there's, um, just a general disregard of boundaries. So whether that's like this comment goes below belt, bringing this thing up that I told Mm -hmm. you sensitively goes below belt, breaking our trust by cheating with this person goes Mm -hmm. below belt and trust and all these other things. That's exactly what you're saying. You feel like so helpless and you're pushed to this point of such overwhelming anger where you're like, I just want to hurt them back. And it's, And that's when you know you have to get out. Like, that is A1 toxic shit. For sure, yeah. yeah. And I remember you said something about boundaries, and I think that another thing that is important for people to kind of recognize is, like, figure out your attachment style, because I didn't Mm, obviously know at the time, but I had an anxious attachment style. I was codependent on him, which is, like, codependence and abusers, narcissistic abuse, like, emotional Mm -hmm. abusers, that is the perfect fucking storm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's, and it's very common. I've noticed with a lot of people who were emotionally abused in that way, psychologically abused, they were codependent at some point. Um, And it's something that is toxic. And like, I definitely, that was the first thing I looked at once I started going to therapy and like realized what I was doing to kind of like push him. I mean, not, I I honestly don't think I would have been codependent had I not been emotionally abused, like off rip. Like I can think about like immediately I was being fucked with, but I didn't know it. It's just hard because it was your first relationship. Yeah. Like that, you know, and I, I'm someone who experienced this in my, you know, one of my more recent relationships. I think people who know me know which one's obvious, but that's fine. But I had a lot of serious relationships before, but even it being your first one like that and your first one period versus me having been someone who had dated people before who were shitty in different ways, but not in that exact way. Something I've been talking about with my therapist, less like attachment styles, but it's all in the same vein, is, you know, taking agency over who you are letting into your life and who you're attracted to. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I still like, it's been one year for you. And I was telling you like during our, our drunk, like girl moment, like it's something that takes time. Like I'm three years out and I still find myself being attracted to people who do display some of these red flags or, you know, a manipulative tendencies. I think it's because in my case, that was also my first big love. And you have to unlearn and separate like this kind of like roller coaster up and down of emotion Uh and these high highs and low lows from love because yeah love can have those highs but it doesn't have to be that toxic back and forth yeah oh my god yeah and especially like especially and this is me speaking to anybody else who might be struggling with codependency right now when you're Mm -hmm. codependent there are no boundaries and so that's what also made the breakup so fucking psychotic was there were no boundaries and I remember, you know, and this is me just like giving a little fun fact here that I have not publicly spoken about. I mean, <laughs> let's hear it. It's let's not get a the fun tea. fact at all. It just oh, shows no. how fucking crazy I was feeling. Yeah. Um, there was a point during the the breakup where I was very, very suicidal. Like, was like yeah. ready. 
and and I called him because I was so unwell and yeah. I remembered you know saying like you're I want to die and it's all your fault and that is a very manipulative fucking mm. thing now granted yeah it was like the emotional abuse that brought me to that point on top of my coping with drugs of like not wanting to be on this earth yeah <laughs> but at the end of the day, like hanging suicide over someone's head is like extremely disgusting and manipulative. And like, that was the, one of the first things that I, I mean, I avoided looking in the mirror for a while because I hated that part of me. I hated the fact that like, yeah. I would never say that to anybody right now. My, I, like no matter what state of mind I'm in right now, I would never, I would never, especially someone who you care about. And so, yeah, and I and I I'm comfortable talking about that now, as ashamed as I am of that moment, because that's a part of reactive abuse. Like I was out of character and saying things that were just not reflective of how I really feel. Totally, and also thank you for opening up about that. Yeah. That's oh God, yeah, that's huge, and that's really brave of you. And I. I don't think it's as disgusting or uncommon as you think it is. Like, I, you know, I've actually never talked about this. And it's interesting because I wasn't as hard on no myself boundaries. About it as yeah. you are, as someone oh my who God, overthinks everything up. too. But when I was younger, I, like, one of my first college relationships, I know that he actually, I said something like, that was kind of like, dancing around the idea of suicide it was just like I don't know how I'm gonna like do this without you like what am I gonna do without you I don't like I don't know what to do and he it's a very common phrase it? yeah and he he interpreted it as suicide and I didn't mean it as suicide but I also like and in this I wasn't even abused it was just this like it is kind of I guess part of my attachment style I'm not sure if my personal attachment style if it's like anxious or if it's anxious slash what's the other one avoidant anxious avoidant there's like a combo one but in that relationship it was definitely like an anxious attachment and he interpreted as that and I didn't mean it as that but I think it's you know it's hard when you get a taste of like love for the first time and that relationship for me it wasn't love but especially for you being stripped from you Yeah. yeah feeling it being taken away from you is it just yeah. feels like you don't you don't know what to do with yourself and you enter this kind of alternate reality and you're not yourself and that's true of depression too that's true of all these <laughs> other states so it's really good of you to hold yourself accountable but i wouldn't beat yourself up so much over that moment as much as like hey how did i get to this place you know <laughs> how how did i let someone you know kind of like remake my identity for me yeah. and that's just you know at the end of the day it's truly, a learning lesson it's a learning lesson my identity like yeah I also like I was such a different person on social media especially at that time and I remember yeah. I was rapidly losing followers and people were like yo what the fuck because I was just losing my mind on social media <laughs> yeah but, like, I was literally brought to such a yeah feeling it being taken away from you just like I did not is it I was just like, feels like never you don't me. you don't know what to do with yourself and you everything to me yeah. and like nothing to him and so all of a sudden I was just like holy shit the one person I've ever been in love with never even loved me didn't care yeah. enough about me to like protect me in any way shape or form and then on top of it actively fucked with my psyche like yeah yeah it's like a I'm trying to forgive myself because I know that most of my behavior was stemming from a space of like holy shit like I'm so stupid and also just like oh my god like I'm not even lovable by someone as disgusting as him which yeah. I say disgusting abuse was disgusting and it made me feel disgusting and like 
and I just like was also like, what the fuck? How did I let somebody so disgusting bring me to the space of like thinking I'm disgusting? Yeah. But to wrap it up, I think, you know, you have to forgive yourself for having done that. I've been in that space where like it does kind of like appear as like manic because you are just like wanting attention from this person or you know that's why people talk about like revenge bodies or revenge this revenge that like see me love me see my value yeah there's straps after breakups it's like people wanting that attention but I think the important thing is that you went through this you know whole situation and you had that moment where you're freaking out and now you are holding yourself accountable you are doing the therapy you are working towards someone else and like I think, you know, after a situation like that, you're never going to be exactly the same person as you No, I'm so much funnier. Exactly. (laughs) So look, guys, for anyone on the other side of this, like if you work on yourself and if you take accountability, you can find self-love. light. Yeah. And you can find light. Yeah. Like you can find- I've never loved myself more than I do right now. And it's because I was brought to a point where I was like, who the fuck am I? Let's do some work now. How did I get here? Because at the end of the day, like there is toxicity and a victim mindset. And I was definitely leaving that relationship with a victim mindset because I was like definitely a victim of abuse. But all that to say is like, it takes two to tango and I'm not to like victim blame myself at all. But like, yeah, I was abused, but I also was codependent. And there were things that I did that were a reaction. And even though it was a reaction doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Definitely. But I think I'm trying, it's hard for me to talk about too, because you know, it's just like, it is something so raw and vulnerable and something that really takes years to like fully understand. It can't be wrapped up in a lovely way that you like to do on podcasts. That's clean and easy. But, but I just think in closing with that, Something that you were talking about earlier is sometimes, you know, you're talking about being funnier now and like all the amazing things that have come from it and the self-love and work. But I think something that makes looking back on these experiences hard is it is kind of a loss of childhood in a way. It's like a loss of this innocence and this level of trust that's really hard and that can make you kind of bitter for a while. Oh, I still am. I'm like so yeah. here to admit like I'm still yeah. I'm still bitter about it I'm still mad about what happened yeah. like me like how the fuck could you yeah, do, that, do to that to me yeah but on the other side like we know now going forward you're going to like learn and grow from it and continue Fact. to and oh yeah the fact that you're still healing is totally okay and I love that you were able to admit all that can't put a love- timeline yeah no, you literally can't put a can't timeline put a to it because you'll like literally have a nightmare one night and you'll be like, why am I still thinking about this person? I'm actively texting someone else, Even you know? Like- yeah, so it's a process still and you're still going through it, but you're coming out the other side. Like you are this like amazing light and just in the future, guys, don't let anyone dim your light. That's the message. Don't, and don't, don't fucking- Don't settle, don't let them dim your them. light. They can choke. Don't exactly. dilute anything. <laughs> they can choke. They can choke. Okay. Too much for someone, but that means that they're, that just means that they're not enough for you. 
Exactly. And they'll, maybe they'll find their person. Maybe they'll own up for the rights. You know but that is another conversation for another day, but it's okay to not be this person's person. We all yes. can't be everybody's person. Um, exactly. And that's okay. And that's part of growing up too, I feel like, and coming to terms with yourself yeah. and love is like, you can love someone and have love for them, even if they're horrible to you. But what's important at the end of the day is even if you love someone and even if horrible things happen, realizing that's not your person. True love respects boundaries. Yes. True love fucking respects boundaries. Period. That's and where we're bringing you right back. back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Let, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get into the questions because we have some lovely fans who have some lovely ass questions. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you guys for coming into my, you know, question box, whatever the fuck it's called in my story. Thank you for asking Paige these questions. You guys are so cute. And I hope you keep listening to the pod. Okay. And in honor of your fans, I've started a new segment called Fans Who Fuck. And basically, it's just a good way for me to be able to say fuck one more time on my podcast and um, get alliteration in. That's all I care about. Alliteration and fucking. Just kidding. Not totally true. But not not totally true. Anyways, question number one. Who was the best kisser on your season of Are You the One? Um, Oh, shit. I hate my answer. Because it was only the most memorable. So now I'm like, was he Remy? Was he even the best kisser? Or was it just because it's the most memorable? And I don't remember kissing anybody. I mean, I kissed other people, but I don't Well, you guys were on like a helicopter date. Yeah. He was also my first kiss when we were filming. And yeah, so I would probably say him just because it's my most memorable. And I truly don't remember the quality. Maybe Jasmine. (laughs) But like, there wasn't anybody else that like stood up. It was like, that was such a memorable kiss. What was good about Jasmine's kiss? I don't know. I just think she's like really hot. (laughs) I love it. You're like, he ruined my life, but she was really hot. Yeah. (laughs) He ruined my life, and that's why I think he's the best. (laughs) Oh my God. Fair though. Okay. Well, one of the questions was, are you still friends with Remy? But that was a question? That was a question. All right. Not to question shame anyone. You've been following me for long enough. You should know that, like, mm, I, like, truly, I don't hate him. Hate is a strong word, but I'm like, very close to hating him. Okay, so the answer As, is... Oh, I don't, mm, I, like, love him and I hate him at the same time. Yeah, no, yeah. we're not friends. I don't... You'll wish, always I, love him, but you're, it's not healthy to be I don't wish him. ill on him. Mm-hmm. However, I don't necessarily wish good things either. Moving on. <laughs> Well said. So we're question shaming that, but we're moving on. Um, what I'm is... sorry, I'm sure you're lovely, whoever asked that, but like also like read the room. Yeah. Hi guys. Okay. What is something that happened behind the scenes during filming that we didn't get to see as viewers? Well, they did not air me going to the boom boom room with redacted. Um, <laughs> redacted. <laughs> he who shall oh not be God. named. I went to the boomer with Bol- with Voldemort. They didn't air that, and I thought it was gonna be really iconic to have me shown in such wonderful, sexy light on national television. Really bummed about that one. Um, uh, what else did they not air? We had this like big underwear party, and we all like I got in our <laughs> okay underwear. by underwear. Was it just like normal underwear? Or was it like lingerie? Some people had normal underwear. I had on a lace bodysuit. That was the night that I was like seen talking to Jenna in the bathroom, and I was like Jenna, and I had 
crazy hair and I looked nuts. Oh, I was like, yeah. Jenna, and my ass was like double cheeked up. Like it looked great. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. That's so that's editing, that guys. They just edited that in. Edited, like, it, yeah. It was they got the me drunk night. being like, Jenna, stay away from Kai. Um, but yeah, but that night I was so drunk. I kissed everybody in the house. Yeah. That was the night that I kissed everybody. Yeah. Even Nora. God, I was they like, should have shown Nora. it. I don't know. I, I really think they passed up on something good there, leaving out an underwear party. We were like, oh and we were at the, the matchup ceremony the next day. And yeah. I remember Terrence, like, he called me out pretty much. He was like, so did anybody, like, obviously he knows, like, the producers are kind of telling what happened. In his before. ear, yeah. So yeah. He, he asked something like, oh, so did anybody, like, he was like, did anybody just everybody? And everybody was like, Paige. And I was like... <laughs> And you're like, it was me. It was I. Was, was that your first time kissing a girl? No. Oh, no. Yeah, so no. you weren't out, but you'd like. I was not out, but I definitely like fooled around. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a clarification. Okay, yeah. guys. Okay. So I'm sorry. I, don't, I guess I never really talked about that little detail. Yeah, no, I definitely had to fool yeah. around women before the show, but that was my first okay. time doing it and acknowledging what it was. Okay. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Love that. Okay. Would you do reality TV in the future? And if so, which show i absolutely would i know that at some point on social media i said that i wouldn't when i was like man it going through a breakup i'm like blamed reality <laughs> tv for my problems but <laughs> i totally would you're like redacted again <laughs> redacted again however now i'm new and improved and i've gotten therapy and i love myself so yeah i yes. would do the challenge i definitely would not do another dating show um mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even think X on the beach is an option because the trauma of the relationship is like way too real yeah, for me on TV. And I've already told them to be, I'm not doing the show with them. However, anyways, I would totally do the challenge. I'm very competitive. I know that I like, I wouldn't be the strongest. So I would just play mind games. I would just try to have sex with everybody in the house <laughs> and like put laxatives in everybody's coffee. And I don't know. I would just like- We put laxatives in everyone's coffee. I, I would just exhaust everyone to the point where they're, if they make it to the challenge, if they're not too tired, they can't do shit. So- Oh my God. That's that energy. That's that big yeah, Leo energy definitely. coming fucking back. I love yeah. it. Oh my God. So you'd be the seductress and you'd win through that. Yeah, analysis. I'd be the quirky seductress who's kind of funny but also kind of weird like what the fuck is her deal but what i don't know we'll up ever yeah i mean i'm just also really competitive and i'm a very very sore loser i don't know if i'd be able to handle like messing up on national television like if i didn't look athletic i would be i would be the worst loser of all time like that would be that would be playing worse. drinks i would be throwing fists and <laughs> yeah i'm done okay next question this one is from a fellow. Um, what do you call your fans, like giraffes or your tall fans? Ostriches. Ostriches. We're going to outgrow that because we got to leave her behind. Her and Nor. Great. How could we forget Nor called you an ostrich? But this listener used the term giraffe, which oh, is okay. Okay. why I brought it up. I giraffe. She goes, for all the tall sisters, how are you affected by rude height jokes? Sincerely, okay. another giraffe. Cool question. Yeah, love. Um, yeah. Hi, Queen. Um, or <laughs> hi, my liege. I don't know what you identify my as. Um, I um I used to get really like I was so insecure about my height growing up. Like in high school, I was the tall, gangly girl for sure. Um, but I don't get insulted by like tall insults now because I don't think it's insulting. It's like just very telling that the person's insecure about being so much shorter than me. You know. Mm -hmm. So I and don't by your like chill energy. She was like she's coming at you with some crazy energy there's first of all there's nothing i can do 
do about my height. So for you to shame me about it, I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Okay, call my parents. It's not a problem for me. Like, <laughs> not today, Satan. Take that not up today. with God because I'm not in control with this one. Sorry. Uh, yeah, take that, take that one up with God. You um, honestly handled it so brilliantly. You were so chill about it and it just made her more mad. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot that didn't air. Um, so much we didn't see. She's lucky, but there's a lot that didn't air. <laughs> I mean, I'm also petty, so sometimes I didn't handle it well because I was petty and I would poke the bear. I like knew that I could make her mad. So yeah. like, let me see how I can get her pissed today. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious though when you were poking her. I have to say because you just knew it was like easy. That. You knew it was easy. You were pretty calm about it until it, it got too much. Yeah, I was at first. I was definitely telling her with kindness, and then I realized that there was literally nothing I could do. She was just going to be a hater, so I'm going to have fun <laughs> with it. But yeah, all that to say, I don't get insecure yeah. about all jokes because I'm like, yeah, I'm five eleven. Like, there's nothing to be insecure. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a model. Sorry, I'm sorry, a model. I can reach the fruits on the on the tree, and you can't. Like, what do you want to do? Suck my tit? Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. Okay, just to circle back to this because we did talk about it drunkenly. Have you used your strap on yet? Oh well, I'm not gonna go into detail because it was a weird experience. I'm not gonna go into detail. <laughs> was it? It wasn't with Rummy, was it? Oh God, no. Okay, good. No, I like was not. I, I'm newly a switch, <laughs> exclusively bottomed my entire life. So having a strap itself is like, who is she? Um, who is she? But I, oh, there's this one guy I've been dying to give the strap to. I mean, <laughs> and it's gonna happen. And for those people who watch me on social media, you know who it is because I tweet with them all the time. We're very flirty with each other. But I am giving him the strap, continuing on. I hope he's listening. I really do. God, I don't even know if he, I don't know, but he's so fine and Ooh. next question. <laughs> okay. Paige, I love you. You have loving, adoring fans. What are some of the ways that you've built up your self-confidence and self-love? Ooh, okay. Um, that honestly didn't really happen until after the breakup. It's like a new thing. Um, getting therapy and addressing the subconscious beliefs that I placed myself that I did not have value and that I was unlovable romantically, you know, um, we started there. <laughs> That was where we started. And from that, just like figuring out where my insecurities stemmed from and realizing that a lot of the root causes were like not real and not current. Um, yeah. I also find that like working out, not in a way that's unhealthy because there is such mm -hmm. a thing as like overworking, but like totally. staying moving and just getting in the gym and like recently pole dancing has boosted my confidence so much. Yeah. I, I saw that you're doing that on Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm truly like, I've never danced in my life. I'm not, yeah. I don't have a sniff of being like graceful. So a I want to challenge myself. Because you look graceful. Thanks. Um, lots of tries and takes, but yeah, I'm working <laughs> on it. And it's a fun challenge and it's making yeah. me feel so like sexy and cool and strong. And so oh, just finding activities that you specifically enjoy that make you feel good about mm. yourself. Just, yeah, I mean, really therapy and doing inner work and not like avoiding myself um and also unfollow people who don't make you feel good stop following people you don't like like, yes especially after the pandemic right and like cut the friends out that that don't really bring you joy like 
I had friends yeah. who were still supporting him. And I'm like, you are not my friend if you know all the details mm. of what he did and the abuse and you're still going to like, like, you're not going to play middle ground. Like cut out the people who are not growing with the new you, who are stuck on the yes. old you. And that was a huge thing that I did was just change my people and change my surrounding. I stopped doing the same things that just made me feel beat the fuck up. I'm not abusing substances like I was, especially during the breakup. Like I rarely put myself in a position to like loathe because yeah, I mean, yeah, you just got to change your surrounding and change your habits. And it's not always easy all the time. And that doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I like hate myself or like feel really insecure, but yeah. therapy and like actively loving myself and doing things that show myself kindness that I give to others. You have to be yes. and kind show yourself. yourself the kindness you give to others. Mm-hmm. Give yourself the not to use a religious word, but give yourself that grace. I think grace is like grace is a beautiful word. It's and a it, beautiful word. It, it really is. Extend it to ourselves as much as we extend it to others, and just yes. like start being aware of how you talk to yourself. And I'm the worst mm, of this, and so yep, I'm also preaching to myself right now. Just like you never talk to people the way you talk to yourself, and so just start yeah. kind of acknowledging the thoughts that you have and like changing that. Like, okay, yeah. that's not true. Yes. Just reframing. It sounds so simple, but it's really fucking hard and reminding yourself Mm -hmm. every time you have that thought, like, am I like, for me, a lot of my ones are like, am I unlovable? Mm -hmm. Am I too much? Am I this? Mm -hmm. You have to reframe it and be like, what is the fear there? Is this coming from a place of love? Would I talk to my friend this way? Like even, especially if you're someone with anxiety or something like that, Mm -hmm. your mind's always going to jump to the worst conclusion. Oh, he didn't ask me on a second date because he didn't like me maybe he didn't ask you on a second date Mm -hmm. because you intimidated him and maybe that's okay or maybe he's not your person you know like you have to be kind to yourself and reframe things in a way that's just going to keep you moving forward and I love the pole dancing thing too do something that makes your body feel like strong and confident Mm -hmm. I think that's important too even if it's like just people have said like going on walks and stuff like that whatever you got to do do it but find a way to love yourself Mm because we especially as women we spend way too many years hating ourselves and it's a fucking waste okay and the final question is what is the most valuable lesson that you learned during your time on are you the one Ooh, wow. I hang you with the hard ones at the end. I know. I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to like, we're just like, we're like deep, fun, deep, fun. I know. I need to like circle back and think about this one. Um, immediately following the show, I learned, mm. well, I started to learn to not take things so personally. Uh, yeah. So many people are dealing with their own shit and projecting on you. Yeah. Oh, also, when people show you who they are, believe that. Yeah. Believe that because. Remy showed me who he was when I first met him and I believed it and then I didn't for a while. And, and then you unbelieved it. And then I unbelieved it and I had some friends who showed me who they were in the beginning and I chose to ignore it. When people show you who they are, and this is not like when you first meet somebody yeah. and they give you their like persona that they give to everybody else. This is when you really get to know people on a deeper level mm. and you're seeing them past the, the facade. When they show you who they are, believe that. Don't try to pretend that they're somebody else and fantasize about what they could be and hang on that potential how you're going to fix them yeah Stop trying to fix them take them at that face value it's face so true value. 
There's a Sarah Bareilles lyric that I really want to get tattooed. You can't make a spoon a fork. That's not the lyric. That is not the lyric, but maybe I should just get that tattooed. You can't make a spoon a fork. Can't make a spoon a fork. I just pulled that from my ass. I don't know if it's a real saying, but like it's true. You know what it was? So it's a little different, but it's like so I learned to listen through silence. And it's like really just like seeing people for who they are and not always believing what they're telling you, but believing what your gut is telling you and what they've shown you that they can be, you know? Stay woke. Yeah. Open your eyes. (laughs) Open your eyes. Okay. And the last, last question really quick, because someone asked this and it might be a no, is do you have intel on whether or not MTV plans on doing another queer season of Are You The One? I don't have intel. I mean, I feel like we would know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, they've already got new season of The Challenge airing that they filmed 2020. I feel like if it was going to happen, it already would. Also, okay, can I say something really selfish? Yeah, say it. I secretly don't want them to make an 809. I secretly don't. I love that. I love that. I want them to just quit as winners. I want to be part of the last season. I want to be like the most iconic season that has ever existed. And like, yeah, like I do want the gays to have more shows. But like, if MTV makes another gay Are You The One season, then like- You're like, we're not the unicorn. We're not. And like, (laughs) I think that we are so special and iconic that MTV should just make a whole different show. And yeah. Are you the one the way it is? And leave us the last winners. I think that's fair. You guys, you guys worked hard for that fucking win too. But I'm like, don't forget me, guys. Like, don't forget us. Don't forget 808. Don't make it 809. Don't make it 809. Oh my god, Paige, you're fucking hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, that was. I really went on a rampage there. No, I loved it. They're the first and last, as far as you guys know, and you want to keep it that way, and that's your fucking prerogative. Quoting Britney MC, Spears. If you make an Are You the One season nine, you have to let me have sex with all of them first. <laughs> Oh my god i'm gonna die okay we need to get drunk again once i can and not i'm ever, never drinking ever either, record okay. it yeah we might never drink again but we definitely cannot record ourselves drinking again oh, it's absolutely not i mean and everybody i mean yeah. she has experienced firsthand why reality tv is such good tv everybody's drinking now you gotta <sighs> really yeah you just you gotta the inhibitions are chaotic. gone no thoughts head empty just alcohol it's the purest form of chaos listening back wow thank you for coming on Paige thank you you were amazing you are iconic even if they make a season was it SO9 are you the one season 9 it just doesn't even sound right it doesn't even fall off the tongue like they can't be the 809 I couldn't even do it well other than 808 which you're very proud of (laughs) well where can people find you where can they follow you so if you just yeah I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter um I don't really make as many TikToks as I'd like to, but I should. Anyways, if you just like look up my name, Paige yes. Cole. P-A-I-G-E and then C-O-L-E. And my profile photo is the evil eye symbol, the symbol of protection. Um, oh, I see. This has a whole new meaning now that it I'm has, really it's thinking a about symbol, It's a protection symbol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder anyways, why. Anyway, so if you have evil energy, you're not going to be able to follow me. I'm so sorry. Um, I am protected. Stay away from me, you agents of chaos. Um, but yeah, just page full. I'm on Twitter. Don't take anything I say on Twitter seriously unless it's about um abuse (laughs) other than that shit's not serious um yeah age cole
he continued the journey just began the journey just began yeah when you find love again i'll have to have you back on <laughs> see how it's Will going. I ever yeah, yeah you're just finding love with yourself for now and that's okay. you're right you're right we, i we truly that. can't see watch me like be in love with someone by the end of this year that's terrifying but hope to god that's not real <laughs> actually i hope it does because i want to get the fuck over redacted anyways <laughs> If you want to be my next love, don't hit my DMs. Is that, our, is that our new reality TV show? Are you the one for Paige Cole? Just the Bachelorette. <laughs> you just skirt right in. You're don't like, hit my DMs if you think you're that. Just manifest me because if it's real, it's going to happen. If you really think hard enough, it's going to happen. Okay. And guys, as always, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, follow me at CKNY1213. And at WTF Sup Pod. And thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye.